How's it going, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn with the Go Long Podcast. Thank you so much for making this podcast part of your morning, your afternoon, your evening. We are continuing our OTA slash minicamp tour for long-form feature stories over at GoLong at GoLongTD.com. Spent a couple days with the Jacksonville Jaguars, a couple days with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll be heading up north to hit some more teams. I cannot wait to share these stories with you all. Several players were just phenomenal with their time, sat down, shared their, at times, harrowing, gripping life stories. Um, a lot heading your way at GoLongTD.com. So thank you so much for joining the community. In the meantime, I wanted to talk Buccaneers with a good buddy of mine, Chris Mathis. He is the executive producer of the Ronnie and T-Crash show down here in Tampa Bay, 95.3 WDAE Radio. Love popping on the show myself. We had a a couple laughs about uh, an appearance earlier today. And also Chris has his own podcast at TCM underscore pod on Twitter, the Chris Mathis podcast. Always going to learn something from Chris. Just a good dude. We get into Baker Mayfield, the Buccaneers offensive philosophy change. They need to run the ball better and they plan on doing it. And I think there's a lot to love about this defense. A lot of people writing the bucks off. Tom Brady ain't walking through that door anymore, but you know, in a wide open NFC South and a wide open NFC they still have some studs on defense, and they intend to win in 2023. So, hey, we'll see. I'm sure you have an opinion about these Buccaneers. Maybe it changes after this episode. Maybe not. Either way, hope you enjoy. Also, a big shout-out to Cigar City Brewing right down here in Tampa. They let me just post up and drink their excellent IPA, High Lie, and talk football. So thanks so much, fellas. And as always, Fatty Beer Company is fueling the podcast. And of course, Fatty is carrying High Lie because Fatty Beer Company always carries the best beer. So get on in there, grab some High Lie, enjoy the summer. Here's some hearty Tampa Bay Buccaneers talk for you here on a Thursday or a Friday or whenever you're listening. Thanks, everyone. Ladies and gents, Chris Mathis, this is the first time that you and I have actually seen each other uh, in the virtual <laughs> sense. I've always heard your voice, that that majestic radio executive producer, podcasting voice of yours. So it's good to good to see you to make this as real as possible. I'm sorry again that I couldn't be in studio uh, to join the show today, but thanks so much for making it a home at home, dude. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I appreciate the opportunity. And I've been following your work for a couple of years now. And, you know, us intertwining throughout our uh, careers has really been awesome. And keeping up with you and your stories. And, you know what, we'll, we'll make a, a rain check, if you will. I know it was raining there at Buck's OTA today. Uh, we'll take a rain check for the next time you're in town to stop by the studio at iHeart. We'd love to have you anytime and uh, always enjoy talking with you. And you still made it work today. You still joined us on the phone on the Ronnie and T-Crash show. So, uh, no complaints here whatsoever. Uh, you, you guys are way too good to me. I always appreciate the love. And, you know, we had the the Rashad White story last year, and it was great BSing about that. And uh, such an interesting team. And I, I have to start here, though, because you saved my butt today. I 
I too often get going into podcast mode. Our listeners know, um, you know, I tend to swear from time to time on here. And I'm usually good with the swearing when I pop right. on to like the more professional uh, radio segments. But, you know, you ask me or not, I should say the show asked me about uh, Baker Mayfield and the offense. And I'm like, you know what? What a great opportunity to dive into a story. Uh, you know, Andy Janovich, who's been on our happy hours and he's just old school tough son of a bitch just he's he is as as old of a football soul as you can possibly get and we caught up toward the end of baker's browns days and i had to find the exact quote so this is this is what he told me about baker you know he played through the shoulder injury he goes quote the thing about baker is he won't say shit to anyone about anything you could cut his dick off and he wouldn't fucking say shit (laughs) so that (laughs) was To, to try to explain to your listeners here in Tampa like the value of one Baker Mayfield and how it transcends the metrics, I'm like playing that quote in my head. I'm like, okay, I think I think people would like to know, you know, what makes Baker special. But I I didn't I didn't say the f word obviously. No, and I didn't no, say I didn't say dick, but I but I did say penis that he'd be willing <laughs> to play devout of a penis um and being the amazing producer that you are t- take our listeners behind the scene how do you how do you quickly make up for my awful awful gaffe to say that okay. publicly all right so i am live tweeting the interview like anytime i hear a good quote i'm live tweeting publishing it. i'm quoting you on it you know i'm tagging our show in it as well and i'm sitting there and i'm typing up the next tweet and then i hear penis and i'm like wait <laughs> i look around for i legit you know, you have a, a few seconds to react. So I know my reaction was this. I look up and I'm like, yeah, he did. And I hit the dump button. So you hit the dump button. It's, it's, it's not out there. You're good. So it was, uh, it was not, you know, over our airwaves or anything like that. Us behind the scenes, Ronnie, Tom and I, we did hear it, but I, you know, I reacted quick enough, but I was so startled. I'm like, yeah, he did. Boom. Hit dump. So it was cool. And, hey, I'm not going to lie to you. So this is, it's the first time I've hit the dump button in our new studio at iHeartRadio Tampa Bay. So we just moved to Feather Sound Studios. It's the first time. It's been about three months and some change. So, hey, you know what? First time I, I talk with you and get to see you was the first time I hit the dump button. So uh, it was spectacular, man. I'll, I will never, ever forget this day, ever. So I was that unprofessional of a guest. You know, you hear, yeah. you, you bring me on to talk about the Bucks, and, and then I have to, uh, you know, force you to – frantically hit the dump button so did it just get like where so was there like mystery like where listeners like oh my god what did andy janovich say so i'll be honest with you i've never heard it on the flip side from a listener aspect when the dump button is hit i just know that it's like a a two second where it just blanks out whatever word was just over the air it goes silent so (laughs) they they missed a word there was probably two seconds of that air right there so uh right like there's some unknown in that that Yes. Yeah. And there's, there's no telling what people imagine, you know, there's, they could have gone anyway with that. Instead you went penis, which is, which is fine. But <laughs> it was, uh, it was great. And you know what? It kept me on my toes. So I appreciate you. Sometimes I get caught up in the, in the live tweeting and uh, you know, it woke me up. I was like, wow. Okay. Dump button, you know? So that, that's really why I said it. I mean, it was just to make sure you, that you're, you know, alert and, and reacting and engaged in the conversation. I I appreciate that. I'm firing on all cylinders right now. So I have to be, you know, I have to be. I'm working with two of the greats right there and Ronnie and Tom, and I got to be on my game as well. So having a guest like you on is so much fun, and I appreciate you keeping me in check, man. 
well, just so everybody knows what good of a guy you are. Like, you didn't even bring this up to me. Like, I'm just, I was eating lunch or something. And, or no, I was hustling to an interview after that. And it kind of hit me. Oh, my God. I probably shouldn't have said that on the radio. So I apologize to you via text. And you're like, oh, no problem, man. We just dumped it real quick. So I, I hope you relayed my apologies to Ronnie and T. Oh, Press I did. As well. Yeah, they totally got okay. it. I told them that you were in podcast mode and they thought it was funny. So all good, man. Okay. All good. Especially I, I don't have a lifetime ban or anything like that. No, you're fine. And since I hit the dump button, it was funnier, you know, because I took care of it. It'd be, it may be a different story if I would have missed my job. But uh, no, it was great, man. Well, let's talk Bucks. And let's start there. I mean, with Baker Mayfield, because. I think outsiders see that Tom Brady isn't here anymore and they are instantly writing Tampa Bay off. All right. This is clearly a transition year, rebuilding year, a Caleb Williams year. But, but when you really do look at the roster, we'll, we'll get into like the defense and some of the guys that are still around. I, the more I looked at them, like, no, they, this is a team that granted it was a bad division, but they did win the division and it was kind of in spite of the quarterback play. But you tell me like, Tom Brady in, you know, the version of Tom Brady that we saw last year, transitioning to Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, I guess they're competing for the job. Yeah. Um, is it an upgrade? Is it a downgrade? What do you make of it right now? You know what? I, I'm not going to say this as any shot to Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. I do think it is a, it is a downgrade in a sense of, pure football IQ because you look at Tom Brady and the ability to win a game on a two-minute drive. There's nobody like Tom Brady. And if I'm not mistaken, he had three two-minute drives last season in which, you know, resulted in victories for the Buccaneers. A couple of those were in prime time. Uh, and again, it wasn't the typical Tom Brady that we've been used to uh, throughout his career. However, even Tom at 45 is better than a majority of the NFL last year and most of those quarterbacks. Um, and he did single-handedly in my opinion win three of those games that the Buccaneers did win last year just because of his ability to execute on a two-minute drive now the one thing that the Buccaneers did lack last year well two things really mobility at quarterback and rushing attack offensively they were not able to establish a rush a rushing attack even with a great young running back and Rashad White Leonard Fournette had some inconsistencies as well in the backfield too uh, but they were unable to get the rushing attack going it was historically one of the worst rushing attacks and offenses in the NFL uh, ever. So uh, now you have mobility. If it's Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, you do have more mobility than, you know, you do with a 45-year-old Tom Brady. So I feel as if the sense of the offense maybe being less stagnant and more, I guess you could say, creativity, I think there is that. And I think that's what is exciting about having Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask in at quarterback. I think that there is a new sense of, excitement in that regard because you do know that your quarterback can now evade sacks can now roll out of the pocket at a high level and still make throws down the field uh, if need be and, and plus I feel like the Buccaneers offensive line may have gotten better since last season with the addition of a guy like Cody Malk and, and I, I it's probably foolish to frame the question like I did saying you're upgrading a quarterback with, with this name to that name but the offense can absolutely upgrade. I can't believe Tom Brady threw more passes last year than he had in any of his 23 NFL seasons, 733 pass attempts at age 45 with a historically bad run game and a, in a banged up, not good offensive line. It, it felt like every Bucks game was kind of the same where they just couldn't get anything going on offense. It was like a twisted version of the 2011 Tim Tebow led Broncos, <laughs> right? Where it's just garbage offensively for most of the game 
And then you're just your quarterback does something wild, and it's Tom Brady in this case. And he did. I mean, there there were some great moments. I just yeah, feel like offensively, right. they absolutely can upgrade. That's a great analogy comparison right there. I couldn't have thought of a better one right there than you just did with Tim Tebow and those Broncos. Demarius Thomas had that huge play in overtime, the game-winning touchdown. But, yeah, it was like that. I mean, there were never times or there were very few times where even when the Buccaneers were trailing that I thought, okay, the Buccaneers are out of this game simply because Tom Brady was under center. He was still there. He was still the quarterback of the Buccaneers. Yeah, it was an older Tom Brady. It was a Tom Brady without a rushing attack but I still felt confident in Tom Brady doing his thing. And we saw some amazing throws, amazing drives in which Tom Brady constructed last season. However, we also saw some terrible throws too. We saw in the playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys in the end zone. I have never seen Tom Brady throw an interception quite like that. He even said he was trying to get the ball out of the end zone and it was just, it was in the end zone and it hung too long, picked off. So, you know, there were some highs and lows last year and Tom Brady was a part of, majority of those highs and lows but uh i wouldn't trade having tom brady last year for anything just to see the goat one last go around we think uh here in tampa bay so it was still fun especially with the way 2021 when he was better in 2021 than he even was that super bowl season in 2020 i mean yes. if the numbers bear it out but even the, the the feel of those games that rams game if, i mean they win that game that's that's an all-time brady moment Oh, no doubt about it. And again, Tom Brady brought so much excitement and joy here to Tampa Bay and honestly helped create that Tampa Bay culture because the Tampa Bay Lightning had been winning games. The Rays had been winning playoff games too. Now the Buccaneers are finally winning playoff games. They make it to the Super Bowl his first year in 2020. They win it all. And I really did think they have a shot or they did have a chance to repeat there as uh, Super Bowl contenders. But last season, I didn't have Super Bowl expectations. I knew you know, Tom Brady was getting a little bit older. And at a certain point, it is going to catch up to him, and I think it did a little bit last year. And, and obviously, he knew that too. That's why he stepped away from the game of football. I mean, we're we're high on Rashad White. Obviously, I mean, the story off the field is remarkable. Everything he's he's been through from Kansas City and witnessing, you know, somebody die right in his front lawn to JUCO and breaking into abandoned houses, and living with cockroaches. It's it's nuts. I mean, what, what he survived mm-hmm. to get to this point. And you're right, the numbers weren't great last year. I'm just looking at it now. He ran 129 times for 481 yards, a touchdown, caught 50 balls for 290, two touchdowns. But it, it did feel like he had the he had some pop to him, and it really wasn't his oh, fault. Yeah. I mean, the, the line wasn't very good. The scheme kind of got stale. So where does it go for Rashad White from here? What, what, to you, what does this offense look like, and how is he going to be utilized? I think he's going to be the primary back here in Tampa Bay. I think he takes a huge step. I think his numbers uh, jump substantially here in his second year, which is crazy to think, you know, in the latter half of the season last year, late in the season, that's when he really took over that starting role. I know Leonard Fournette was still getting paid big bucks and he was still seeing a good amount of snaps, but you did see that Rashad White was the guy. And, And as you mentioned, the pop was there with Rashad White. He brought that pop. That explosiveness was there that Leonard Fournette kind of lost last year. And I do believe that Rashad White has a chance to be one of the top running backs in the NFL in a few years. I think this year he takes a huge leap. He's going to rush for over 100,000 yards this year. I do believe that. And I think that with Dave Canales in this offense, we do see a more run-heavy offense. And I think he's going to utilize his running backs. And obviously Chase Edmonds in the backfield too. Keyshawn Vaughn still there as well. But Rashad White is hands down the bell cow here in Tampa Bay. 
And I think Rashad White, he's one of those guys that if you're playing fantasy football and, and he might still be a guy that's somewhat slept on, you pick this guy up. I mean, you, you can have this guy be an RB1 in fantasy football for sure. Dude, you ain't kidding about the historically bad run game last year. They had three runs of 20 yards or more last season. Three. That's it. Yeah, it was awful. Dead last. I Man. think a lot of that did have to do with the, the offensive line as well. They were banged up. Luke Gedeke really never found his footing after a tough stretch. I think he had four or five straight uh, games to start off his rookie year, and it was tough. He got he got uh, bullied around a little bit, and he was trying to grow out of that shell, trying to get more used to the NFL speed of things, but really could not because he faced some of the toughest front sevens in the NFL. Uh, but, again, I think that Rashad White will have a good year this year, and I think that historically bad rushing attack is a thing of the past here in Tampa Bay. StreamYard can kind of play games with us. You got me, Chris? I got you, man. So you've got Cody Mock at right, right. I mean, obviously a tackle in college, moving to guard. Maybe he's a center down the road. Um, he's got to be the knight in shining armor here in a way, right? I mean, he's he, he does give you hope identity-wise that things can change. And then the play calling, the play design, uh, what, what gives you the hope that, that they can drastically change this aspect of their team? Well, I, I like how young and hungry this guy is. He's very physical, uh, plays until the whistle is blown and still has some tenacity. And him with Ryan Jensen on the offensive line is going to be scary. I mean, these guys are two very fierce guys. They're very uh, – they play with a lot of aggressiveness too. They're physical. And uh, Tristan Wirfs, we all know what Tristan Wirfs brings to the table too. He'll be on that left side of the offensive line as well. So – those three alone I feel very comfortable and confident in. And I think that Cody Malk is going to be one of those guys that comes in right away and he helps establish this rushing attack. I do know that there are question marks regarding his pass blocking skills, but that'll come in due time. This Buccaneers offense is going to run football early and often, especially the first couple of games this year. With a new quarterback, an entirely new offensive scheme, uh, they do know that they have two solid wide receivers, great wide receivers in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And a young and up-and-coming tight end in Kate Auden as well. But I think that Luke Gedeke takes a big leap this year, too. I'm not saying he's going to be astronomically better, but I think he's a serviceable starter now in the NFL. I would like to see that. And if Tristan Wirfs holds down the left side, the blind side, for either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, I feel very confident in uh, the Bucks' offensive line. And I'm not saying they're going to be elite as a line. I'm thinking they're going to be a very respected offensive line and with a guy like Rashad White running behind them and, and waiting his turn to hit the gaps, it's going to be pretty successful here in Tampa Bay. And, and again, we talk about the Buccaneers' stagnant offense last year. I think a lot of that had to do with Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator. I don't think he was too great last year. I think he kind of fell in that trap of just believing in Brady. That's why they threw the ball so many times. And uh, the offensive play calling got monotonous at times as well. A fresh start. And Dave Canales, who spent time with Seattle and helped develop Geno Smith, resurrected Geno Smith's NFL career out in Seattle. Uh, you know, I'd like to see that here with Baker Mayfield, and, and I think that he has a chance to do so. That's such a great point. It's going to be a completely different look. With Brady, he really was a sitting duck. I mean, he – and it's to his credit, too. He's He's got the, the knowledge and the quick release to get the ball out a zillion times in a season at age 45 – but he just didn't move at all. And it sounds like Canales really wants to get Baker on the move or Kyle Trask, right? It's a quarterback competition, but play action, boots, timing. 
so yeah, that's. I, I can see how you can talk yourself into this Bucks offense. I, I really wasn't there early this offseason, but between the OC, between Love and Baker Mayfield and all that stuff, you can't measure on a spreadsheet. Um, the receivers, yeah, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I, but really, what really gets me jacked up about Tampa Bay's chances of being a playoff team. I mean, really, that could, that could be the goal. They made it last year. Is the defense? I, I think you still have some studs. Don't really know what's going on with Devin White. Pretty unhappy, right? Maybe, maybe we start there. What do you, where's his head at? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I think he, uh, I think he's with an agent that's trying to get him a lot of money right now, and saw that other linebackers are getting paid, and he's like, "Hey, Devin, I think you're better than than this guy. Hey, Devin, I think that you could you could bring in this amount of money." And realistically, the money that he's going to demand or expect after his contract year is going to be a hundred million dollar contract, and. I just don't think you could pay a guy like Devin White that much money. Now, he is a very talented uh, linebacker. I'm not saying that. He's very talented. However, I, I do think that there were too many question marks last year regarding his effort. There were several plays last year, even in that game against Baltimore, I believe Thursday night football, in which Shaq Barrett went down with the torn ACL. I was questioning Devin White's uh, effort, and you could see it. He wasn't. He was jogging to the ball. He wasn't sprinting to the ball anymore. Let a guy run right past him in the end zone. And there were three or four moments last year where you really did question his effort. And I think if you have a captain's C on your chest and you're questioning your effort, I think that's a pretty big deal. So the talent is there. It's just a matter of being consistent with the talent. And uh, I think he is going to show up for uh, training camp, of course. I think he needs to. That's the best decision for him now as far as playing and also financially down the road as well. You do not want to miss out on anything mandatory, no matter what, no holdouts. You have to show up and He's very good. The thing is, he's just not very consistent based off last season. I think that playoff run in 2020 really helped him out a lot, and it helped put a lot of spotlight on this guy. And he had one phenomenal playoff run, and he's been hit or miss since, in my opinion. And, again, he does have a lot of potential. He's good, but you have to be consistent to be considered great in this league. And, and a guy that I look at as consistent, Levante David. He's never a guy that's been questioned for his effort. He's always given it his all. You never have to question it, even in his 30s now as Levante David is in. But Devin White in a contract year, he wants to get paid. He has to show out, show up this season, and be the best Devin White that he can be, not only to have a great season, but more importantly for him, obviously financials, he has to play big in order to get paid. Man, that's – it's crazy to have this conversation to me because that playoff run, I mean, he was the difference. I mean, he was an animal. You, you saw this dude from, from LSU, you know – you scouts, coaches, players, anybody who's come through Baton Rouge just says how different those practices are in college. I mean, they just beat the hell out of each other. And he just seemed to be cut from that culture, exactly what Tampa needs. I mean, the defense won that Super Bowl. He had Mahomes on the run. Mm -hmm. So you know what's in him, right? Like that's maybe what's a little frustrating if you're Tampa Bay. It's you, you know he can be one of the best defensive players in football. How do you get that week in and week out, season in and season out? When you've got Levante David – who's been doing this since 2012. I mean, right, Le Le Levante David has been one of the most consistent, like, laser beam linebackers of this generation. I mean, he's been unbelievable. So you, you think that would kind of rub off on Devin White, wouldn't it? That, that's what you would think. And, again, I, I think, Tyler, here the situation is, is maybe you see a guy, a young player in Devin White who won a Super Bowl get a little bit complacent after winning that Super Bowl. And that's been a thing that we've talked about on the Ronnie and T. Crash show as well. It's been brought up a time or two. Did, Levant, or did Devin White get complacent after winning a Super Bowl so young? 
and, and you know, just maybe expecting, hey, this is the norm. We have Tom Brady and kind of fell in that trap. That's that's also been a big question mark regarding Devin White. And also his tweeting, too. He puts out some very vague, uh, vague tweets that leaves the audience guessing. And I don't know if he's intentionally trying to just play games and stand in the spotlight or what. But either way, I think he just needs to lay off Twitter for now because you're just bringing that attention upon you. And I know some people love the attention. Negative, positive, that's okay. However, if you're tired of all the negativity and being questioned for your play and the way you approach social media, just lay off for a little while. Let your play do the talking, show up for camp, this and that, and then come back to social media. But I I think the tweeting also just adds so many question marks because we saw Devin White comment and like stuff about the Philadelphia Eagles this offseason too, which is what brought up some red flags when he's talking about money. And he's talking about his favorite color being green and commenting when Jalen Hurts got signed by the Philadelphia Eagles. He, he you know, said something about Jalen getting his bag that he deserved and just little things here and there. And, again, it could be nothing, but from an outsider looking in, it's a bad look. It's just – it's so funny. that I mean, it's a legit conversation we have to have. But I'm just trying to think back to, like, like the 70s and 80s when people are talking about the best players in football. And imagine back then they said – Man, he's talking about his favorite color being green. Like this is this is a concern, but it's true. And th- this is how players try to flex this time of year, I, I guess. And when they don't really have the financial means within the CBA to, I mean, they can sit out OTAs, they can sit out the non-mandatory stuff. But when it comes to mini camp, when it comes to training camp, and you start losing money, they're probably going to show up. Like Stephon Diggs is doing a lot of the same stuff up in Buffalo. And some people are freaking out. He's not there at OTAs right now. He's tweeting cryptic stuff. He did some more cryptic tweets today. What's he putting out there now? Oh, you know what? I'm going to pull it up right now because that's a great point. Uh, And, you know, we had Isaiah McKenzie on. He's like, you know, Stefan Diggs, he's just like my, he's just like my fiance. Sometimes you just have to let her go, let her talk. And just, you don't even have to say anything. They just just, get stuff off their chest. So here's Stefan Diggs today. There was, there was a few. He goes, I just mind my business, dot, dot, dot. You got to love a good dot, dot, dot. And then I don't take anything personal from people I don't know personally. And then people get mad when you don't react how they wanted you to, dot, dot. So only two dots on the last one. Two dots on that last one, huh? All right. Well, Hmm. you know, I just – I don't understand. It does bring attention, but I don't think it brings that positive attention or that attention that thinks, hey, let me pay this guy. I think it's more or less of, hey, let's get this over with. That way he can focus on football. You know, we, we want to win a championship there uh, with the Buffalo Bills. We have to have our guy, Stephon Diggs, on the right page. And if he's out there tweeting stuff like this, it would be a bit frustrating, in my opinion. I, I can see that, especially if I were a Buffalo Bills fan. I mean, and he's not uh, – it's not uncommon – Right, I think I, today's athlete, they probably like seeing, I mean, the first tweet gets 1,364 likes as of, you know, 10 o'clock here on Wednesday night. The next one gets 1,672 likes. The next one gets 1,896. I mean, that dop- those dopamine hits, some, sometimes oh, yeah. guys need them this time of year. And he's not alone. I think here's what, at least they're in here. They're here. I'm in Tampa with you. Um where Devin White, he can go to a teammate like Patrick Laird and just read a good book, right? Like, you know you know that Patrick Laird is all about book clubs and he's, <laughs> he's, he's just immersing himself into, you know, fiction, nonfiction. Uh, he's done it back to the Cal days, so maybe that's what can happen. I think, I, think, I think he can mend the fences here. 
I mean, I think it'll all work out with Devin White as far as this season is concerned. Do I think that Devin White gets paid big bucks here in Tampa Bay after this season? No, I don't think that he gets that contract that he's expecting or hoping for right now in Tampa Bay. No matter what, no matter what happens this season, I don't know if he'll get exactly what he's wanting. I just don't think you can pay a linebacker what most people were expecting him to want, and that's over $100 million. Oh. Right. I think at the end of the day, he'll be there. Levante David will obviously be there. And I, I love the secondary. I, I sat down with Carlton Davis uh, today, and we'll have we'll have the story at, at go along um, in the coming weeks. But, man, this guy, there, there aren't many players wired like him who have been through what he's been through back to the South Florida days who want to shadow a receiver one-on-one and, and shut that receiver down, shut that receiver up. It was refreshing. I mean, we could have talked for hours, and I, I just feel like there's there's not many guys like that. Who You know, you, you get toasted by Tyree Kill in Week 12, and then you call your shot ahead of the Super Bowl, and you're part of a defense that, that shuts down this Casey offense. I, I feel like he's still in his prime, and that gives you some hope if you're taking Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I think that this guy is just starting to hit his prime. He's very, very good. Uh, I think he's taking that leap for the Buccaneers, especially last year. I felt very good about Carlton Davis and where he is at. And Antoine Winfield Jr. also there in the secondary, too. He's exciting. Now, the Buccaneers did lose a guy in Sean Murphy Bunting. He went to the Tennessee Titans. So there is a bit of a question mark there. Who steps up in that role? Uh, but as far as everything else is concerned, yeah, I, I do like this Buccaneers defense. And, and you talk about guys like Levante David being back. That's huge. Devin White being back. When he's on his A game, he is one of the best linebackers in the National Football League. And then also Vita Vea up front on the defensive line. Kalijah Canty now being brought in as a rookie. Uh, Yaya Diaby. Uh, Shaq Barrett returning from ACL. He's going to be, I think, in his early 30s. He's coming off of a big injury. We'll see what we have in Shaq Barrett. But if it's the Shaq Barrett we saw two years ago, I mean, this guy is very, very good. Uh, and he brings a lot to the table. That's one thing the Bucks lacked last year was uh, pressure from the outside on that defensive line. Joe Trial and Chienka has been a bit of a disappointment, in my opinion. Uh, I think this is a year for him to shine or, or a year for him to show that he does not have what it takes to be on this roster. Man, what, what a great roundup. I mean, it, and obviously prayers to Shaquille Barrett's family. I cannot imagine going through something like that. Holy hell. I, I, it's hard to even wrap your yeah. mind what they've gone through with their daughter. You really can't even wrap your mind around it, man. Oh, especially having kids. Oh, my God. It just instantly, you know, sets the emotions off. Um, Clash of Cansey was and, – and there. I mean, he's he's a prospect in, in Bob McGinn's draft rankings uh, here at Go Long where these scouts are, are pretty rough around the edges, um, very, very rough around the edges. You know, they <laughs> they don't hold back on prospects. But he was one prospect that a lot of scouts clearly loved. Just goes 100 miles an hour. You know, it's always a little dicey if it's a, if it's an undersized ish player at that position. But man, what a what a ball of fury just to throw in the middle of Todd Bowles' defense. I mean, he's he's somebody that can bring some pop. Oh, no doubt about it. And we saw Todd Bowles utilize Devin White a few years ago as that guy who brought the pop. This guy, Kalaja Kansi, might be that guy that brings the pop for the Buccaneers here this season. And yeah, he is going to be a rookie. Obviously, he's young. Some call him undersized. However, that motor, that heart, that drive that he plays with, the tenacity that he brings to the table is relentless. It's fun to watch him. I have seen a lot of tape on this guy, and I think that he brings a lot to the table for this Buccaneers defense. Brings a lot of versatility as well. Brings speed to the defense, which is one thing that the Buccaneers may have lacked a little bit of last year. 
but also on top of that, I think it's just going to be it's going to be fun to see this guy develop over time in this Todd Bowles defense. Because at the end of the day, when you think of the Buccaneers, you do think of this Buccaneers defense and Todd Bowles. Yeah, there have been some question marks for them as a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator, he is among the elite defensive coordinators in the NFL. Uh, and I really do like Elijah Cancy. And he was on the Ronnie and T Crash show a few weeks ago, right after his presser, Tyler. And he joined us, and, and Tom brought up Bryce Young. And he said, uh, You know, how do you feel about seeing Bryce Young two times a year? And Elijah Cancy told us and said, uh, You know, Tom, I'm sorry, but Bryce Young is going to have to see me two times a year. And I'm thinking, oh, man, like this is the first time Bucks fans are hearing from this guy. And he says that, I mean, that's a lot of confidence right there. And you have to love that energy on the football field. You need to play with that confidence. And it's going to be fun to watch this guy develop over time and, and thrive in this Buccaneers defense. With, again, guys like Vita Vea on the line, Shaq Barrett back, uh, Devin White, Levante David, Antoine Winfield can blitz as well. It's going to be very exciting. And if there's one staple piece of this Buccaneers team that you can count on to be great this year, it will be that defense. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're seeing it to the extreme with the Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat right now, but that effort mentality of like, like people don't believe us. Everybody, every team, every coach, every G, like they try to manufacture it. it yeah. It's real here. I mean, power rankings are all a waste of our brain cells as we discussed on Ronnie T. Grass earlier, but look at anybody pumping the pumping that garbage out and, and Tampa will be 30th, 31st. They're at the bottom. I, I think I guys can genuinely that. lean into that. I, and I can't believe it either. I think it's just a good team that you lose Tom Brady, but you're not losing, you know, the Tom Brady, the one he was Super Bowl or what, you know, has been an MVP. It's, it's and you're replaceable, gaining, but I think the offense is, it needs to be replaced really. Yes. The whole offense. Yeah, and that's what they got. They brought a new offensive coordinator, a fresh mind, and Dave Canales. I'm excited for him, and obviously he has high expectations for himself. So it's going to be fun to watch this experimental offense here this season. And you know what? They got a bye week after week four against the New Orleans Saints. They play on the road at the Saints, then they hit a bye week. That, yeah. That'll be an interesting time. You know, at that point, if the Buccaneers are 0-4, which I don't foresee, but if they're 0-4, do they make a quarterback change? Or – you know, at week four, do you install some more things with this offense? You know more about the offense. You know more about what Baker Mayfield can do. I think as far as with a new offense, a new offensive coordinator, a lot of new pieces, I kind of like having the bye week there after week four. However, I don't like it, obviously, if they make a playoff run. If they're down the stretch and they have a shot to win the division, you know, and that's kind of the NFL thinking the Buccaneers don't have a shot to win the division, in my opinion. If they put the bye week right there, I was talking to Ronnie about that earlier this week, and he said the same thing is – it kind of feels like the NFL doesn't expect the Buccaneers to win this NFC South, which is crazy to me because you look at the Saints and they got Derek Carr. They definitely upgraded at quarterback. However, Alvin Kamara, he's going to get in some kind of trouble at some point. That's a big loss. And, and how much does Derek Carr really bring to the table? What did he do with the Raiders? Really? I mean, we saw some moments of, of a lot of success and we saw a lot of dump off passes too from Derek Carr. So, Derek Carr has to play his best football in order for the Saints to run away with this division. Uh, Carolina, I think they're they're young and up and coming. I think in two years, Carolina will probably rule this NFC South. However, I, I don't see it this year with a rookie guy, a rookie quarterback and Bryce Young and Atlanta. Too many question marks with uh, their quarterback Desmond Ritter right now. I have to see a lot more from him, and they haven't utilized Kyle Pitts like you would expect them to utilize Kyle Pitts, especially with where they drafted him a few years ago. But it is up for grabs. I mean, you could tell me Carolina wins the division, and would I would I 
put money on that, no. But would I be totally shocked? No. If Atlanta won the division, I wouldn't be totally shocked. If Tampa Bay wins the division, would not be shocked. New Orleans, I think, is kind of the expected to win the division as of right now. So, uh, again, I think it's going to be fun to watch this NFC South play out. And uh, it really is up for grabs high. I mean, it really is. Well, you are an unbelievable human being because I, I think we talked 15, 20 minutes with your schedule and we, we went double that. So not yeah, only am I dropping, you know, vulgarities on your, your show and forcing you to hit the dump button, but you're giving us all of your time, Chris. So thank, thank you so much for breaking down the bucks and, you know, I'll try to find another um, brutal expletive or vulgarity or something that's really <laughs> off color to, to reference on the next time. All right, man. I, I won't do that. I promise. I promise. No. So I'll clean up my act. That's great. Hey, I appreciate you having me, man, anytime. And look forward to having you join us on uh, 95.3 WDAE, my man. Keep up the great work. Even down in Tampa Bay, we appreciate your work. And what you do for the game of football, it's been fun to keep up with. And uh, I'm glad we were able to, you know, meet face-to-face here on uh, this Go Long podcast. So thanks, brother. No, hey, th- thank you, man. It's It's been great getting to know you and, and- – God, you're doing an awesome job with the show, with your podcast. We'll be sure to, to link it, to plug it. And, yeah, let's let's make this happen in, in the flesh. Absolutely, man. Hey, have a great night. Talk All to right. you soon.